What if a man from the Upper Paleolithic survived until the present day? You know what could happen? Yeah, the pancreas turns over cells every 24 hours, the stomach lining, in three days, the entire body in seven years, but the process falters. Now, if a quirk in his immune system led to perfect detox, perfect renewal, then yeah, he could uh, duck decay. We were just talking about a caveman who survives until the present time. <laughs> and he hasn't aged a day in 10 years. Every woman on the faculty would give anything to have that secret. Ah, ha, 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 oh. I don't have eyes in the back of my head. I can't hear a flea walking. I am not in any way Superman. There have always been legends of such a thing, a, a creature, not quite human, taking not the blood, but the life force itself. God has spoken through man to make his word clearer. You got four men of science completely baffled, my friend. Who do you think I am? You are absolutely certifiable. You stand alive and tall in a graveyard that you helped to fill? Well, then perhaps it is time to die. to Midnight Movies once again. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Kane, but I never do this alone because if I did, bad things would truly happen. Maybe I would be the man who fell to Earth. Hint, hint. I'm here with the captain. Oh, my captain. And your captain, too. The mighty James Tiberius. Captain Mike. How you doing, sir? I'm doing awesome, sir. And that is Man from Earth. You're thinking of a different movie, Man Who oh, Fell. Which one am I? Th what is the other one, Man? You're man, thinking man. of. You're thinking of. It was a uh, late '80s, I think. Uh, uh, he, it was an alien that came to Earth. Uh, I'm trying, I wish I could remember the gentleman's name that does it. Yeah, it's great, great movie. Yeah, but no, you're thinking. Because this when is you man, mentioned this one, that's what I thought no, we were doing. No, this like, is Man from Earth, uh, and this guy's is my choice. We are doing uh, monthly choices that are outside of our realm. We've done. We've done comedy, we've done sports themes, we've done uh, all sorts of different ones. This one is sci-fi, and this is my choice, and this one is my choice for my one of my favorite. Uh, it's in uh, it's in my top three, I gotta say, top three to top five favorite science fiction movies. And this, when I say science fiction, this is not laser beam shooting. This is not, you know, spaceships or anything. This is old school Ray Bradbury, early, early. 60s and 70s science fiction um, for The Man from Earth. This was actually written by uh, uh, Jerome Bixby, Bixby. And if nobody knows who Jerome Bixby is, he is actually known for doing some of the best Star Trek series original ever. He was the one, he is one of the men that created the Mirror Universe. He's the one that wrote Mirror Mirror for Star Trek, uh, Day of the Dove, Requiem of Methuselah. Uh, some of the some of the top Star Trek series, as well as uh, he was part of the Twilight Zone in in the early '60s, and he also was the writer who wrote Fantastic Voyage, and not the Coolio song, but <laughs> the 1966. I was gonna say, is it the cool? It'll be awesome yeah. if it was the Coolio song, though. One, two, three, three. Four. <laughs> so yeah, so no, this gentleman was a a prolific. A writer for science fiction in the '60s, so we're talking old school Ray Brad, like I said, Ray Bradbury style. Uh, he actually wrote this on his deathbed. This 
screenplay. Uh, he passed away back in April 28th, 1998 at 75. It took almost a decade to get this made. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, like I said, it, it, open your mind guys. This is one of those ones. I, this is one of the reasons why I suggested this kind of us doing these movies because we want to open our minds and go to something a little different. And, uh, like I said, this is definitely sci-fi. It does kind of fall in our, in our little wheel wheelhouse, but it's different. Yeah, I would say very different. I remember when you recommended this film because I, ha I have seen it, but only once. And it's been a while since then. And uh, that's why I kept telling you, like, dude, we should do this, you know, because it's been a while. And um, now we have it. And now we're here. And uh, I uh, guess. Uh, yeah. And you guys can find this anywhere. This is not uh, normally I, I'll we always like run down the the the, the uh, production value or how much it costs to make the movie. Like we can find that out. But we'll, you know, we also talk about opening weekend and box but. This was never released into the theaters, all right? Uh, this was a word of mouth uh, done through torrents back when it was originally released in 2007, early early bit torrents. So there was no – you guys can find this movie out there for free, really. That you, you, should not be, you should not have to pay for this movie at all. It is out there. Uh, I, I think the budget was uh, $200,000. Yeah. Really, and when you guys watch it, it, it takes place in one building. That's it. It's it's a, it's a great cast. When we get to the cast, you guys are gonna be like, "Oh wait, I know him. I know him. I know him." It's um, a who's who. Yeah, in a way, in a way, it's a who's who of science fiction and horror, uh, as well as some uh, '80s uh, fun funness in there. Oh man, I can't wait to be get to this. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I guess guys, without further yeah. delay, let's just jump into it, right? All, All right, right, guys. As always, I do the countdown. So my am queued up at zero zero zero, as you should be. So we're going to go from three, two, one, and press play. Yeah. And definitely opens up like a uh, an after-school special. <laughs> I will time. definitely say that. Uh, and uh, this was uh, written or directed by uh, Richard uh, Sheckman. Richard Sheckman? Yeah. Sheckman? Yeah. Uh, really, when you look at his his list, it's a lot of uh, direct you know, films um, like Abraham Lincoln versus the Zombies, uh, D.V. Christmas, Carol. Nothing you're going to recognize. Uh, he did uh, Playboy International Playmates back in 1993. So maybe Ooh, that. yeah. Woohoo! But yeah, no, he's not. This is a very low budget movie, just so you guys know. Harry, Harry and the character work. That's the big yeah. thing we always yes, say. There you go. And here we are getting introduced to the first characters of uh, John Oldman. The focus of the movie, as well as the other characters. And you may know, recognize one of those folks. Tony Todd. Exactly, yes. Tony oh. Todd. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. <laughs> yep. Also another Star Trek alum. Uh, heavy, 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 heavy Star Trek folks in here uh even the the main actor david lee smith he was in a next generation you're gonna you're gonna see john uh john billingsley nobody recognizes john without his makeup he was he was neelix or not neelix i'm sorry flocks no he was flocks flocks yeah. in, a, in a star trek enterprise uh one of my favorite characters i loved him in that i didn't i never did like neelix i thought he was always annoying not a fan of neelix sorry just wasn't he the cook? That's pretty much all he did. Sort of. He he became sort of the cook, but yeah. But he was like the cook. That's all. He was like the cook slash psychiatrist. Now there like there that. are hints throughout this movie about about certain things. Like they're talking about this painting right now. 
about about how, what it looks like because she's a she's a this they're all the professors in, in different areas she's a theologian and also uh, an art major and she notices the similarities to van gogh in his style of painting and his style of of work and she thinks that he just doesn't know what the heck he's got and, you know just one of those one of those oh hey look what i found in my attic yeah that must be nice yeah very high price painting. I wish I had that. Hey, by the way, I'm going to find a Mona Lisa in my, in my attic, too. There we go. It's just a real one, not a print. And, and here we, we're, we are introduced to the <laughs> to basically the, the building. I, this would be the other character in this film is this building because it is this is where everybody does everything. And, and the room in the feel of the room changes throughout the movie. As, as you watch the movie and see what goes on, you'll notice that things change in the room that the lighting changes and, and the emo- and the motion changes. Well, it's all about the subtlety of the film too. They did that. Like you, like you said, it wasn't a big budget film, so they had to make up for that. I mean, I'm not sure in his idea when he wrote this, if he had big budget in mind, more character driven, but it's like we talk about little subtleties here and there. And this movie does do that, especially when you're talking about the lighting and the changing in the room. And when we will get there. But. Oh yeah. This, this this movie I actually had on my phone for years. I would watch this religiously. What has she been in? The girl with the mop top haircut. Sandy hasn't been in really anything. So okay. she's not. Uh, yeah, she and, looks familiar. Anika Peterson is her name, but she's okay. she's got no links. Has she do has she done anything since then? Again, she's got no links to her name. Okay. So <laughs> uh Edith, the the older lady in there, she's she was on ER as Nurse Lydia for almost a decade. Look at that. There, we, we, have, we have an arrow tie-in right there, by the way. Tony Todd played Zoom, so basically he went back in time in the multiverse, stole Oliver Queen's crossbow, and brought it to this movie. Oliver couldn't pull that. That's the that's the one thing they were talking about. And who do we have here, folks? Is that hey. William Cat, the great American, greatest American wow. hero? Wow, man, he looks so different. I'm used to him with that long, curly hair. Nice oh, with that, he's got, that old biker-looking hair. He's got long. He's still long, but you know, well, but he had, I guess, he had like medium cut. Yeah, more curly, more pronounced. Believe it or not, I'm walking on it. And we're and we're introduced that he's giving him a book about history. So just keep in mind, there's like, as as this movie goes on, you're getting nuggets, little little drops. Who is she? Uh, she's been in something. She has uh, Young and the Restless and Days of Our Lives. So if you're a soap opera fan you now. That's where I recognize her from. I think, I think. Yes, I used to Chain, watch soap operas. I got Chain, sick for a week. Chain's showing a, showing a dark hidden secret. <laughs> yeah, I was sick for a couple of weeks, man. It happens, man. You get caught up in the stories. And we will have one more one more actor will be guest starring in this as well. Uh, Richard uh, Ryle. Uh, God, his credits range from everything. And once you see him, you'll be like, oh, oh okay, I know who he is. Johnny Walker Green. Yeah. Did they make a Johnny Walker Green? Yes, sir. Did they? That's funny. So they got like two twenty. They had two twelve packs, 
All they really need is a Johnny Walker, man. You don't need the beer. Yeah, Johnny Walker Green special because it's 15 years. Ah. So, and it's probably the priciest one they have out there. God, I love Tony Todd. I kind of felt he was kind of underutilized in that Justice League Apocalypse film when he played Darkseid. Because usually when Tony Todd speaks, and like, you know, this movie, like right now, you know it's Tony Todd. And Apocalypse War, I felt that was one of the weaker parts, like, because you couldn't really. Yeah. How am I trying to say this? Darkseid is supposed to have that distinctive voice. Yeah. And Tony Todd does have that, but I just felt in, the, in that movie, he wasn't distinctive. That makes sense? Yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. Sorry, guys, if you're hearing that noise, it's the sound of my new comfy chair that I uh, purchased oh, this week. We, so. can't, we can't hear your chair. That's, that's Okay, just want to make sure if you guys did hear it, that's a, you know, a little gift to myself. Again, dropping more and more hands. More this. hands, yeah. Uh, now, the whole movie was was actually shot using two Panasonic cameras, uh, DVX-100, if you, any of you uh, video files out there. But it, it's it, it probably experienced, because it's a little grainy because of that. They, they took a low quality to have that feeling. And with a movie like this, there were no deleted scenes, a rarity. They filmed exactly what they what they wanted to film. They only deleted three lines wow. from this, and that's it. And uh, if you guys can find the DVD, there's another nugget to... right there by the fireplace. If you guys noticed that, the burning of the wood, the fireplace, basically taking you know its cues from the caveman, the caveman who orchestrated fire. So, well, actually, again, that, well, like I said earlier about the room taking being another character, the, it very it centralizes around the fireplace. You'll see as the story goes on how the conversation of possibly being a caveman and gathering around it for safety and warmth, and you'll see certain characters will start to make their way towards it. And it's it's a very subtle thing, but you'll notice the supposed caveman doesn't spend much time around it, but the mortals, the the the, the newer folks, do do spend more time around it as the stories move further and further. You figured if a if a, basically a caveman have, has lived all this time when he was you know basically born. You know, fire was his warmth, was his closest thing to safety. And as the years have gone along, you got to figure this guy's been lived for, for 3,000 years. 14,000 years. Oh, 14,000 years, right? He's considered a, a Cro Mag. Okay. So after a period of time, he basically doesn't need that fire anymore. He's found other things to keep himself warm, safe, comfort. And if you really think about that, I mean, I, I think back to the old Highlander TV shows and the Highlander movies, like they're. I mean, not, he, they were not as old as this guy, but they were old and they did live, you know, some of them lived 200 years, 300 years, 500. Just to see life pass you by and you don't age. Yeah, that's and that's that's what they really focus about because he, he presents to them a theory. 
what if what if a 14,000-year-old Cro-Magnon man lived today? Because technically, by scientific facts and everything, they look just like we do. They think like yeah. they, they had the same mind and everything. They just didn't have the same experiences or the same technology around them. So, you know, that's that's what they're what they're putting. And I love the fact that when you look at this, each one of these professors in here covers one area of expertise. You know, John John Billingsley's character, he's a, he's the biologist. Uh, Edith, the older lady, she's more of, the, like I said, the theologian. Now, this movie did have a sequel. Actually, the sequel came out about three years ago, uh, a continuation of John Oldman's story. Uh, it was a fundraised movie. Uh, you could you could contribute. Actually, I did because I really wanted to see a sequel. Actually, I wasn't much. I think I threw 20 bucks into it, but you know, I was still like, hey, you know what? I want to I want to contribute. Have you ever talked? I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, his name is Larry English, yeah. I believe. English, yes. Is, it, is that his name? Larry English? Yep. Okay. He's a history teacher, I guess, at a high school somewhere. I miss him so much. Uh, I can't wait to go back to Winchester talk with this guy because we had a conversation one night about Christopher Columbus. And it was one of those eye opening conversations I have ever had with somebody. This man basically would never teach anything in his class about Christopher Columbus. He called him a killer and basically oh, yeah. what he was. Sure, sure you know, was. Christopher Columbus, you know, Columbus Day, oh, he discovered America, but, you know, there's a darker side of Christopher Columbus that people, you know, if you read, it's it's, it's, it's out there, you know, that he basically, uh, him and his brother, like, enslaved people, tied people up to carriages and just drove them through the streets in, in slavery. It's just, it's crazy. And talking to Larry English about it, seeing his passion, his hatred for Christopher Columbus, the first thing I thought about when they mentioned him right now. So at this moment, he now confesses himself to be the, to be, to be this 14,000 year old caveman. But again, he's, he's playing it off. So we never know what's the truth and what's not. Is, is he just giving, his group of professors, his friends that he's known for so long, a going away present of this strange hypothesis? Or is he truly this caveman he keeps talking about? What has he done? Anything? Noteworthy. David Lee. Oh God, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Again, he's another okay. he's another alum from uh, Star Trek. He was in Voyager okay. for a 
one episode uh CSI Miami Dollhouse the TV series I don't know if you saw that Mending Fences very underrated Dollhouse I like Dollhouse a lot it sucks it got canceled after one year he was in Jag did you ever were you ever a fan of Jag yep yep I remember Jag he was uh, Major Miles Holmes in Jag uh actually he played two characters in there Yeah, he's not a, not a lot, not a lot of work, but what he's worked on, you know, you probably would remember. Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, if that was, you know, your thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and if you listen to the music, the music throughout the whole thing is the same song. But if you hear it as he's talking about it and he's getting into it and he's like really what I feel, he's, he's telling the truth. You'll see the music become more tribal. Interesting. I like the fact that they don't know what to think. Like, is he is he really bullshitting, or was he there? Exactly. You use. I mean, that's that's. It's one of those areas of you know is is he telling the truth because you can't tell. You can because a lot of those things he could have read in a history book, which is true, or seen it on film, but the way he describes it is in in a lot of detail. Yeah. Right here's right here's one of the the best scenes where he discusses that where he's like, "You read that?" He's like, "Of course I read it there. I wouldn't have known it when I was doing it. I didn't know that what I was seeing or what I thought or what I felt at that moment. It wasn't until a thousand years later that 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 we became smart enough to know what I saw." There, there's a moment here where he talks to the young girl that, that came in about where is he from? You know, how does can he find where he's at? And he gives her the best answer ever. And it's so true because it shows how life changes in just the short time that we're here. Here. And that that, that 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 quote will come back and haunt her in a moment, or, or in about thirty minutes. Yeah, because he had to meet the Judeo Christ at some point. Not really, no. I mean, if you're if you're here right now and Christ shows up across this, the ocean, would you be would you be there with him, even though you were that old? Would you be there? I'm just saying. I mean, they, they, if that they, they perhaps they intersected at some point. 
I, I know. Maybe, to to me, that's that's one of the arguments that comes up. He's like, how could I can't be there when it's happening? Because especially back then, the communication was so slow. You know, if he was in England, like he says, you know, he he came across or came across that area. If that's where he stayed, and Christ came up, Christ would have been dead and gone by the time he heard about it through the new, through the you know the the chain of news. That's awesome. Here, the, this comment right here to her. There's no way he could remember everything because yep. everything changes yep. through time. It's true. Now there's parking lots of McDonald's you know, where where <laughs> it was open space to him. Like he could he could like he said you know Big Mac's under the Eiffel Tower. He could have been walking through Paris. You look just like your dad. Like, literally. They think he's bullshitting. He's not. I love that fact. Or is he? You know, another point it brings up also that I think about it. If you've got somebody, a Cro-Mac, who lives this long, 
there's two ways you can go. Either he's going to experience everything as he goes along in life and he knows he's not going to die and he's going to enjoy it. Or the isolation of being the only guy who could live this long or person that could live this long and seeing everything. It could, it could really drive him mad. I love this. Innuendo and heresy. But he's never, he can't be with anybody. That's, that's a crazy thing. Yep. I mean, imagine the, all the lives and relationships that he's been with in 14,000 years. and Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, obviously he can't have kids, so. Can he? He's on him. It's not the Highlander. He's never mentioned anything about having, well, he did mention this thing about he may, he may believe he was his own son. But well, yeah, I don't think he mentioned anything but... about kids, does he? Huh? Does he mention anything about having kids? Uh, we'll have to watch. I don't remember. But, I mean, he's <laughs> the Highlander was the only one that had that rule, and that was a stupid rule. What are you talking about? They fixed it in the last Highlander movie, if you watched it. Yeah. It went straight to DVD. Oh. I'm about to put that movie up to a Highlander, too. So bad. So he's retiring from the college, I gather. No, he's tra- he's saying he's transferring. That okay. was the whole thing at the beginning. He was transferring. They threw a going away party for him at the college, and he like slipped out the back door. Houdini out the back door, like some people. Oh, I know. Okay. sound like somebody I know. Yeah, me too. And so they're like, "Well, screw that. We're friends. We've known each other for so long." They all showed up at his house to do this. That's why he's having to go through this because if not, he was he was going to just you know pack up his truck just, and just pack up his the, truck and yeah. leave. Yeah. But, you know, his friends caught him sneaking out the back, you know, like, hey, screw you. But, I mean, if, if what he's saying is true, I mean, he can't. Yeah, he can have relationships, but you know what? He'll, he'll have to vanish after a while. See, it would make sense that he knows how to fight, too. I mean, he lived that long. You got to know how to defend yourself. Got to defend yourself. But like yeah. he says, he's not Superman. Yeah, right. Please. You can be a second degree black belt. You don't have him? to be, you don't have to, you don't have to be cut like fucking Bruce Lee to be a second well, degree. Well, I'm not saying it to be cut, but you know, you know, a little bit of no. Forget it. Hey, Stingray Stingray's a black belt and and, and he's doing good. Now, that comment right there mm. about the language, this whole thing could have been completely different if there was a linguist professor in there. 
this whole story would have been completely different because they could have talked and had a back and forth about language changing through years. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of odd that they didn't put a linguist in there. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to think that the strongest things are your bio- biological. So you need that biologist in there. You Religion, need a, of course. You need a many. religious one. You need a ar- or, or an um, archaeologist. Thing. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember what what um, what Candyman's uh, study is. Fear. <laughs> By the way, I want to try something. What is that? Candyman. 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 Have you seen the trailer of that new Candyman movie? Apparently, mm-hmm. the remake, Jordan Peele one. Yeah. Oh no, not trailer. I've read about. It. Has it come out yet? It's supposed to be coming yeah. out sooner. Dude, we've literally had two movies come out in the last yeah, six months. Okay. So no, it hasn't snuck, it has it snuck around. Just saying, a couple movies snuck out there. Agricultural. That's what. That's what uh, okay. Tony Todd's is. That's what it is. Food. Yeah, makes sense. I like the background here where he's talking about the Bronze Age and you see the uh, the background of the, the curtain sort of resembles yeah. sort of that bronze type color. Like I said, the, the, the room, the, 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 this the cabin plays a, a you know integral part. See, it's so funny, like I said, that he can describe all these things like he was there. But then again, you could have read that in books. You could have seen it in films. I mean, just kind of kind of like almost kind of fucks with you a little bit. does, but then there's certain things he says when he talks about the city-states and having to move on. You know, you have to understand yeah. that, you know. It's like you could, you could see him being a bullshitter, but then again, you could be like, wait a minute, was he really there? He's talking about meeting Buddha. Because they wouldn't believe you. That's why. How do you hide somebody? Hide them in plain sight. Or everybody can see them.
Hey, who's there? Yeah. He said he's our, he's our last guest. He's been in, well, I guess he's been in everything. Yeah, so. that's what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, we've, we've got one more guest, and I, I, I can't, I just can't. He's just got, got he's got a great, yeah, a great catalog. Just, is he still alive? I hope he is. I believe he is. I hope he is. I think he was in a, well, I'm going off memory, a, a couple horror movies I can remember him by. And I think, like pretty much everybody else, he was in an episode of Supernatural. I think he played a sheriff. He always plays like a sheriff, the sheriff type build. Yeah, he, he is a, plor- a plethoric. Uh... A plethora. <laughs> a, pl- a plorific? Yeah, that's the one I was going for. Sorry. It's okay. It's a late night, guys. God bless you. But uh, he has been in, like, he's a great character actor, let me put it that way. Buffy, Sabrina, I mean, West Wing, ER, Star Trek, Seventh Heaven, all sorts of. I don't think, I don't see a supernatural reference. No? No. Really? But, I mean, like I said, he's been in everything you could think of. It's just he's guest starred in different movies. and Probably his most, probably one of the the more favorite ones or famous ones was all Office Space. Yes! He's the one that made the jump to conclusion. Yes, he was one of the, 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 uh, um, Tim's, the Jack's. No. No, 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 he was the... Oh, wait, he was... um, He's the one that made the jump to conclusion, Matt. Oh, that's right. But he was the one that basically got himself fired, wasn't it? No, no, no. Well, he got fired and then got into an accident because... Because his because his uh because his wife called him uh, trying to commit suicide, so he backed oh, yeah, out and he's trying to kill himself. And then, oh he, my God, and then he got right. he got uh, insurance money and became happy. Even though he's all like paraplegic, he's like, yeah, I got hit by the car, drunk driver. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna get make, I'm gonna make bank. <laughs> That's another movie that people just don't appreciate too much. Is Office Space? That's one of the movies. One of these days, no. That's, that's we, oh my God, movie. that's. It's funny because uh, hey, has anybody ever told said to you on the job site uh, you got a case on the Mondays? No, I think they'd get their ass kicked for that. They'd kick their, their ass kicked. But <laughs> <laughs> um, that character is a uh, is that Roger Dietrich? He's one of the vo- he's the voice of Batman, I believe, in Brave and the Bold. I'm off of space. He played the. Uh, construction worker yeah he was also in uh, Dr- uh, the Drew Carey show yeah he was actually a good actor before he became the voice of Batman I mean because you got you got Steven Root in that you had Jennifer Aniston Ron Livingston Gary oh Cole God. I mean the, the cast of that movie alone is like the who's who of, of up and coming or ones that were already there it sucks because I work you know I'll be throwing office space references all the time and some oh, people yeah. just don't get it like I literally, I bought this red stapler just to put a, uh, one on my desk near my my area where I work yeah, at. Yeah, I used to have. Like, one oh, it's desk. a red stapler. I go, yes, it's my red stapler, man. Don't touch it. Now this is great because they brought in a psychiatrist now to kind of balance out, you know, what's going on. Is it? So now you've got all these teachers and professors. He's he's also a professor as well, but 
a psych, you know, a psychiatrist or psychological professor. Damn. <laughs> Ouch. I think Tony's the only one that kind of sees him for what he is. The rest of them are kind of skeptical. But yeah, I think he, he yeah, no, he, he's open. He's the most open-minded of the characters. He's listening. Uh, him and the and the bio, bio, uh, Bill, uh, Bixby, he's Bixby, not Bixby, yeah. but Bill, Billingsley, they're more open to what's going on. The uh, Edith, she's a little bit more close off. She she is the theologist, so she she's holding on to the Bible and her teachings there, which you know that's what she was brought up to believe in. Again, just like do, yeah. just like he's telling <laughs> his story, she can tell her story. There's no proof of anything. Nope. But you have you have you know. Like I said, Billingsley, he's definitely open-minded to what he's doing. Think about when you watch this movie, there's so many questions coming out of the movie as well as going into it. I think it's probably more leaving the movie than you had coming into it because it's a basic premise, but still, you can literally come like, what about, what if he was here? What if he was there? Like, why couldn't he do this? Like, they mentioned a lot of things that probably off the top of your head, okay, that's the first thing I'm going to think and ask this guy. But after the film's over, there's a lot more things he could have just, you know, you could have asked him, like, Mm -hmm. what he went through, where'd he go, what did he see, how did he know how to do this, you know? How do you learn how to talk, you know? See, there's another question that he... I'm sure he got into a scuffle. Stabbed, maybe shot. I don't know. I do. I've... I've gone like forty something years, never had a fight, never had a scuffle. You know, I hate to bring this up and uh, everybody take a shot because I think Captain knows what I'm going to bring up. But in a way, the two characters, well, the main two characters in the, the history in the of Doctor Who, these are guys that have lived a very long time, right? And you had two sides. There is a doctor and there's the master. The doctor is pretty much the guy who's lived this long time and he wants to basically help humanity. He observes and just sees all these things differently. 
the master is the guy who's lived so long, but he hates it because he went mad because he's lived so long. He doesn't want to live that long. He doesn't want to keep changing. He wants it to end. So there's opposite ends of the spectrum with this guy right here. He wants to keep going. He wants to keep learning. So I find that fascinating. I gotta say, he's doing, a, he's doing a really good job, too. I mean, his mannerisms. I mean, this is a guy who's lived, like, you know, forever. And he plays it, like, just like, eh, you know. He could be bombastic, like, I've been here, I've been there. But he's like, yeah, well, I've been through this, I've been through that. And, you know, I just want to keep moving on. Well, I mean, that's, that's one of the things when people are looking at somebody telling the story, telling the truth, lying. You look at the reaction and how they tell the story overreaction excitedness usually an indication you know of somebody not telling the truth but when you're calm easy laid back that's somebody usually somebody's telling the telling the honest truth because they're just telling it as it is they're not having to think about oh well mm -hmm. did i do this did i do that now the director usually plays a a, a part in his films uh he had a uh, the rhythm of the movement, as you're watching everything happening, he, the director couldn't take his weight, take his mind off of that, but he was supposed to be playing one of these movers. Oh, was he? Yeah, but because of the, basically the choreography of of this, because you watch, they've just been having this conversation, then they just stepped outside, and then they're going to go back in, and there's like the choreography going on. You know, people would look at movies like this and say it's stupid, it's boring, like, mm -hmm. I, oh, I want to be entertained, but I find it fascinating. No, it, I, it did. Some it, of my it favorite movies think. are just heavy dialogue-driven, you know, and this is one of them. This is all dialogue. What it makes you think, makes you exactly. wonder about, like, about things. That's why one of the reasons why I love this movie. I, I just, I don't know where I found the movie. I don't, nobody said anything to me about it. I just came across and I was like... Oh, that sounds like an inner. I think I just read the, the, the synopsis I downloaded and I was like, oh my God, this is great. Because you're getting hints right now. You don't know yet what's getting ready to happen, but you're watching, uh, you know, watching Billingsley standing there listening to the conversation because we're getting ready to find something out here about this other professor. Oh, see? Hmm. What? No, I was just thinking the way he said that. Nah. Oh, but he doesn't deny it. 
But the question, it's always about the question. Mm -hmm. Could he? Did he? Everything's hypothetical. No. Damn. Yeah, but that's not his fault, though. You can't blame him. That's a little drastic. <laughs> That's a little drastic. <laughs> oh, look at those eyes. Uh, hello, call the cops. You just pulled a gun out on you. Carried a concealed weapon. That's 10 to 25 years, by the way. So that's probably just grief speaking. Yep. That was a good speech, though. I love he's just stretching in the kitchen. This yeah. Looks, I just, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. 
You watch, like I said, you just watch the room shift, and now the room looks completely different. Yeah, it looks way different now. I love it. In here, he's kind of explaining exactly what's happening in their head. Just he telling the truth or not? Because there's no way of telling.
Never denied it, though. Nope. See, we've, we've covered the agricultural side. We've covered the physical side, the historical side of him moving around. Now he's we're hitting the theological side. Yep. This is where this movie takes a great twist. Who? Oh. See, you can't say skip. gonna get offended oh yeah once you bring up religion man you're gonna bring up a lot a lot of questions mm-hmm. Because religion can go in a number of different different ways. There's belief. There's history. What's written. What's seen. And this is one right here that she studied it. So she believes in a certain way. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Ooh. Makes sense, though. There was, um, what are they? What do they call those? Those uh, the years that he was in the desert. So that yeah. makes sense. Well, there there is a a belief that because if you really compare the the Christ teachings to the Buddhist teachings, they go hand in hand. They are verb verbatim, pretty much the same thing. And this this is what they're talking about. That it's they it could it could be. But what I was trying to say also, there's these, uh, if you ever read the King James Version of the Bible, there's these years that Jesus, when he went out into the desert, that years unaccounted for. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's years from when he was born to when he was 33. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're yeah, decades. Yeah, so what happened of, yeah. in those years? Where did he go? Well, they're he, out he, there, they, but they're ignored largely by the church. Uh-huh. Like, why couldn't he stop in, you know, India or some places and learn different teachings, learn different religions? Who's to say? You don't know. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, when you really look at the teachings of what he did, what he taught was Buddhist teachings. I mean, there that is a there is a belief out there that that is what happened. I mean, yes, there Buddha and Christ are, are de- you know decades apart from each other, but those teachings, those 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 other Buddhas and, and those other masters are out there to teach him, and he could have learned it that way. And, yeah. What about the teachings before Buddha? Like, who taught Buddha? Well, Buddha taught himself. Well, Buddha had other teachers, but, had, but it other, was like you know. It, but it wasn't Buddhist Buddhism. Buddhism was yeah. what he what he created his his rules and his in his understanding and not rules, but his, his. But he had other influences that came that could have been like the early versions of Buddhism. So you don't know, but they weren't they weren't called Buddhism. He took like probably well, no, no. He had masters that at the time of, of of other forms of what that were going on at that time. Yes, mm-hmm. I've, I've I've read. I have been extremely steeped into religion history. I, I don't talk about it much because it causes too many angers. Uh, my mother actually w- uh, went in and, uh, and took a few um, multiple religious courses. So I, I, I had a lot of her books. So that when I was young, I did read the Torah. I did read you know, the King James Bible. I did read the Buddhist teachings. I read all of them and I like – Saw all what all were teaching. They all were teaching sort of the same thing, you know, be, yeah, be kind to each other. Basically, right. It's basically but, the same thing, just worded differently. Yeah. That's all. But no, I've, I, I've, I've delved into the theological teachings for a long, long time. <laughs> that statement right there from Tony. Oh, boy. Look at the way she's sitting by the fireplace, Again, by the way. Like I said, watch how everybody is transferring around. And so you know, Tony was the first cast member cast and i can see why he has a lot of the important lines other than the storytelling 
he has the best one-liners in this whole yeah. movie. What they call them, best zingers? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we, well, we call them zingers, but definitely uh, the one-liner realm. And look who's back. Legend is the most interesting thing to talk about, especially in films like this or, or films overall, because they bring about the biggest discussion, you know, the question, you know, is it or is it not? And um, when you're talking about studying all those different religions, you know, I myself, you know, dabbled in some stuff, Judeo-Christians and King James Version and all that stuff. Um, it's always going to bring about something. But as you're watching him through this whole movie up to this point, he has been teaching. Yeah. So you can see that that part of him is there because he's had these folks in the palm of his hand for this long. Keep in mind, guys, this was written by a man finished writing by a man on his deathbed. So a lot of a lot of poignant things here. Mm-hmm. He started writing this back, I think, in the 60s, and it just took a while for him to complete it. Trying to explain it away. Yeah. Well, now they're, he's no longer there. Now it's just the, the professors. They're, they're now putting, trying to put logic to what's going on. 
Anything is possible. Or open your mind and for one second, let the disbelief become belief. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> There you go. You're talking, they're talking about the lost years of Jesus. Fascinating. Look at that. I love that we are. Oh, we are. We are. <laughs> Now again, watch the room. The room's changed now. It's all centralized centralized now around the fireplace. Fireplace. And think about fireplaces and ghost stories and yarns that are told around a fireplace. And now he's adding music. Classical, of course. Big Bang Theory. Watch Edith's face. She's still reeling. Thank you. 
There it is. Well, there we go. Yes. That's what we're waiting for. Just watch her for the last five minutes just boiling and stewing. Damn, damn. But again, doesn't say who he is. Nope. She's pissed. Mm hmm. And the whole room changed, you're right. It's just, yeah, everything's darker. Everybody's it's focused more on the faces. It's all about the fireplace now. I love the way it's shot, man. This movie only went 200 grand, huh? Mm -hmm. Jesus. <laughs> there she's back again. He never <laughs> said he was Jesus, though. He never says any. Look at that. Wow. Now she's starting to believe now. Mm -hmm. Maybe this guy isn't crazy. Wow. Turn that off. Please. 
Oh, I love the music. The music was great. Here we go. A lie. Isn't that true, John? If you don't drop this now, if you can, I'll be convinced that you need a great deal of attention. I can have you quit your observation. You know that. I ask you that. I demand that you tell these people the truth. Give them closure. It's time. Again, he's got them all. He got them all. Yeah, he's got them hooked. Damn. This is this is like some what is it? Usual suspect shit going on right now. Or is it? No, he wasn't good. He was the best. Dude, it's like the ultimate mind fuck. <laughs> the little ditzy, ditzy college girl, and she's the one that picks up on it before anybody yeah. else said. Yeah, go, go figure. It's always the ditzy ones who figure it out. Well, I didn't say college girl. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying she's a college girl. No, you said ditzy. I did say Ditsy College Girl, yeah.
I love that. I love that line. I love that line. That's a great line. Not psych one-on-one, woman one-on-one. She believes it. She's so pissed. So does every human. People fear what they don't understand. in a way he taught everybody something because it basically freed them from their constrictive thinking he broadened the horizon so you're right when he said that he was teaching throughout this whole movie he was he was teaching them mm-hmm. they all walked away with something new yeah. even the theologians she that, that she gave him a kiss on the cheek but there was a look yeah. in her eye as she's walking away that she's more open because you know what it is she probably has more hope now than she did then because mm-hmm. uh, in, her, in her teachings when she was studying theology she was like well Maybe this is so constricted for one thing. And he basically broadened her horizons a little bit like, hey, well, maybe this is right, but don't think that this isn't right. So, like I said, you get a lot more questions than you do when you came in the movie. Uh oh, dude! If he would have said Vandal Savage, I would have had a nightmare. I would have dropped dead. Uh oh. It's his son. What? is the gut punch this is the gut punch 
You question it out to the whole family. You find out, yep, there's his son right there. Wait. I mean, that's what would happen. Yeah, he was there for watch this, watch his son die. That's why he moves on. He's got to be spared that pain. So now we learn. Everything he was talking about was true. And his biggest critic was his son. Mm -hmm. Still doesn't say who he is. What do you mean? Like, you don't, you still don't know who he really is. I mean, yes, he's a crow mag and all that, no, but you don't know who he is. Could be anybody. Yes. He is who he is. He's, he's, hmm. He laid out his whole life in front of you. Is she going with him? Yep. Man, for a guy who's lived that long, he doesn't have a lot of stuff. Oh, dude, why would you? Like he said, it, like he said about the burn when he was talking about the burn. Packs light. You gotta pack light. You, you know, you don't need to. You know, what, what what would that mean? What would a pen mean to you? This I've got a baby Yoda here on my desk. What would that mean to me in a hundred years? Nothing. I would just I would move on. You know, but I wonder to, what he did take because he does have boxes in there. Probably his clothes, pans. You know, things you're gonna well, need. Clothes you can replace. You can replace clothes. Yeah, but why 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 bother? It's not like he's running away. He's just moving. So he's packed up his clothes. He's probably, what he did take. I'm sure he took something. He probably took. I, a, I know a few he things. said the lie. I don't take things, but well, one of the bo one of the boxes had his books in it. Okay. So I mean, we have that. Uh, one, I'm sure you know the rest had household appliances and things like that. Why why bother go buy pans when you already got pans? But again, the speech that he said at the beginning. Why do you keep carrying these things around? Why should I? Why does he carry around like a, like a, a spatula or a, or a pan? Well, spatula is something you're going to need. He, they were talking about the burn. Do you carry something that's sentimental to you? That was the one thing, the reason why they brought up the burn. Do you carry this because it was sentimental to you? He's like, what's sentimental to me at that time, back when he was a caveman? Why would he know to take something with him because he's going to live 14,000 years? He doesn't know that at the time. He just moves on. I mean, if you don't know at this moment in your time in your life, if you don't know you're going to live for a thousand years, would you hold on to something sentimental? I wouldn't know better. Exactly. That, and so, that's what that's yeah. what he said. You wouldn't know better. 
fascinating though like i said a lot of questions that come out of this film when you watch it you know this is my second time seeing it I'm like man now i have more questions like you said at the beginning like it would it would have been perfect to add like a linguist in this movie like a, a person who studies those languages like how far back did he go when did he learn how to speak you know just all those things like they like if they ever did remake this movie i wouldn't hate it no because me either even have- even me as the, as a major fan of this movie i would be okay but i don't want them to change the scenery i want it to still yeah, stay don't, where don't it is it. yeah don't don't add flashbacks don't be like hey when i was in the war in rome you know and i fought against caesar like don't do that yeah don't do a highlander thing you know we don't, yeah, don't. we don't need that just just make it the story and again this is all dialogue through this whole thing and it's it's deep. It hits you. You know, it questions. It makes you question what you believe, whether your 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 quite your your beliefs are theological, whether they're, you know, actual hardcore history of seeing I, here is a, a bold from, you know, it's mm-hmm. it questions everything. It doesn't it, it it does not leave any stone unturned when it comes to to questions like, like like you said at the beginning i think having a linguist in this film would have just added that extra i mean they did mention linguists but you know having one that's there would have been interesting would have been interesting yeah now so. it now it is funny it's it's oh, if you guys didn't catch it, it like towards the end of the movie when tony todd's character dan was getting ready to leave and, and he's like hey i'm just gonna go home and watch star trek and again, this just leads everything with J- Jerome Bigsby, John Billingsley, uh, uh, Richard Rell. Also, uh, the, uh, the the son was in a bunch. Of, I mean, there was a whole bunch of Star Trek references in this uh, because of those characters and and the and the actors of what they did. So, uh, but again, this was again Jerome Bigsby's last screenplay, last movie, and just when you look at what he's done and hit what he had done in his career. I mean, I, I know you, you're not a heavy Star Trek fan, but probably one of your favorite things is the Mirror Universe. Yes, it is. You know, and he's the one that created that. So you see that in here. You see that that questioning of everything. So um, I guess, hey, guys, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love watching this. I can rewatch this every time. I still get the lump in my throat when he, when, when you find out, that that's his son the doctor's that's, his son that's the gut punch it's that's the, the gut, biggest it's gut punch the, yeah. and i forgot and I, i'll tell you what to be it's, honest it's, i totally forgot it about sneaks that. up on I you totally man yeah i forgot about that when i when he said that i was like he's like what john who he's like yeah i told you he's like mom oh my god yeah, but, I, I yeah john Parte when they talking I, about I, john I yeah my arm like oh man gut punch yeah i mean that the oh. the, the moment just to be just before he says sorry guys this is a joke uh no i'm sorry i'm, I'm pulling your leg that moment, everybody's face just is, is distraught. Just, just everybody's ready to believe. Everybody ha- is believing. Um, you know, you look at John. You know, John Biggs, Billingsley. His he's about ready to cry and break down. You know, d- you know Tony Todd. His character. I mean, just everybody. It's and, just, and again, not not big actors, not big production. Just great writing and just great dialogue. It's about like you it. know. Uh, I will compare it to the usual suspects of sci-fi movies. That's what I'll compare it to because it's basically heavy dialogue-driven story about somebody who may or may not exist. Usual suspects a little bit different, 
because you find out something else. But this is the same, same thing. thing. Like, you do find something yeah. else out right at the very last moment of the of the last three minutes of the film. You find out you the the leg straightens up at the moment the doctor realizes who he is. And and you guys will if you're if you're a usual suspects fans, you'll understand this leg straightening comment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you yeah, know, guys, again, every time I think about that scene, holy shit! Like I, I could literally compare that scene that we just saw right now when he basically said that he's his father yeah. to that usual suspect scene. It's the same, almost it's like what? Like the usual suspect scene is a little bit different because that just. I watched it in a live theater with people, and people were just like, what? Mm-hmm. Huh? And then when they flash back to Chaz Palminteri looking around the room and everything that he said, and like, I mean, all you could do is like, what? what, what? That's the one thing I miss. I miss movies like this. Movies like, damn, they, they, it'll, it'll hit you in a spot. And we don't see that anymore. Hopefully, we'll see it again someday, but who knows? Hopefully we may, you know, I mean, there's always great, great, great writers out there doing what they, you know, writing great stuff. And, and again, it's, you know, this is a, this is a simplistic story and a simplistic area and it's just get, getting, finding somebody that can do great dialogue. We do still have them out there. I mean, we still have our Kevin Smith's, you know, who does amazing dialogue. On, yeah, he does. And, but that's a different type of thing. This it's is different, more, but it's still dialogue. I, I bet mm. you if Kevin actually like focused on a sci-fi film. Stop we would get we would get we would get no keep smoking we would get something like this we would this would be something that we would get because it would it, it is heavy dialogue based it, he wouldn't put it in he may he may add extra three rooms he may make it a mansion when, when this conversation is going on but you know for the most part that's it i mean it, it would be the same thing i think if you do this movie again you have to keep that enclosed space because mm, one of the things you, you discussed at the beginning of the film you said the house plays a part as a character in this movie. Yeah. And it did because that enclosed space, it adds like that extra drama. And to it, it. Like, became, as it went on, it got closer and closer and closer. closer. And, closer, and yeah. then the you last should... 10 minutes, they're in just the light of the fire, almost as if they were all cavemen. And all he was doing, it was just telling a story like you would, if you were out camping. Do you remember the movie Philadelphia yes. by chance? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the scene? Where Tom Hanks' character, he's talking to Denzel Washington, his lawyer, and he's basically in his house. He knows he has AIDS, and he plays Chopin in the background, and he's just sitting there. He says, Do you hear the music play? Like it, it, it gives you the feels. Like, and it's basically a five or I think it's a five or six minute scene where he's just looking at Denzel. Denzel's looking at him as he talks about Chopin and what he does and everything, and next to this fireplace, and it was an enclosed scene as well. Very powerful scene. Oh, if you guys have never seen it, do yourself a favor, watch it. That. That six minutes, I told people, won Tom Hanks that Oscar that year because it's raw, that emotion. And I felt that same thing mm-hmm. during that fireplace scene. And that will just – because basically he sat, as you said, enclosed, right? Yes. Everybody around – and it's like a circular motion. Like, okay, I went through this. Yes, this – like everything about it. It's all about that. And if you do decide to do that movie, you have to keep that feel. I don't want to have a movie where it's like, well, like we said before, kidding around, flashbacks. Don't do that innuendo do the dialogue like i said i hope they don't do it but a smart person who sees this film like you know what i could add something there has to be a fan of this film that or somebody who worked on it like you know what i love it i'm gonna keep it the way it is but i want to add something else like like you just said before the linguist yeah i think that linguist could basically make this a different film well they they did they did a sequel uh about three years ago 2017 uh the man from earth uh holocene is what it was called and it's 
It's a little different. It, it's bigger. It, it doesn't take place in a, in one area like this one did. Uh, it takes place on a campus where his students start questioning him of because of the knowledge he has. And then they, they find, of course, you know, with the internet now, things are a little bit easier to find, you know, and they find his picture under a different name at a, at the call at this school that he was at. You have a few of the old, you have a couple of the old cast members that come back in, uh, but you, you find, you know, he's having to face a, a new challenge. Uh, and there was talks from the producer that they were looking at possibly starting this off as like first in the series to continue on because they were trying to work on the man from earth, the, of a, a, a series uh, television series that, that kind of like fizzled out back in 2014 but mm -hmm. there, there is a sequel out there uh check it out again same thing it was crowdfunded uh this again guys this is these are all these aren't produced by any big production company any big you know movie company uh, distributed by anchor bay entertainment is is really who that was in uh anchor bay you know is, is a pretty small company <laughs> So uh, hmm. that after years, Stars launched a, a home entertainment division and under that. So they're kind of linked with Stars a little bit. Uh, but it's, you know, just one of those things. Uh, you know, they really don't have a lot. Uh, they were linked with Weinstein, the Weinstein company for a little bit, but that, that ended a while ago. Yeah, like I said, like we always like in the midnight movies, you know, this is my baby project has been for a long time. And I love the movies we've done. They've been great. But this one is a little bit different for me because and I told you about this when we were going to do it. I was like, you know, this is not our typical movie. It's not. Like, we've done other movies, yes, different genres. But this one was basically, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, out of all the midnight movies we've done, this has been the first one that we've done where it's an actual just heavy, driven dialogue, one area of the film. I think, it's, I think, I think this is the heaviest dialogue, and I think it's also the heaviest one that made you think, and you had to, you had, it's not just an enter, it's an entertainment feel. It's Yeah, it's not like after, like after this film, we're discussing, hey, remember this, like, usually when we do, like, the Marvel films, we're discussing, hey, I remember this issue of a comic book where this character came out, and this is sort of related to this and that, and which is well and great. I love those, and I will continue to do them, because, you know, hopefully, you know, because I love them, but this is a different film, and, I, and you know, if we keep doing stuff like this, this is like a totally different avenue, and it's more, you know, spec, you know, not speculation, but more questions to bring up. And I told you that I knew we were going to have more questions coming out of the movie than we did coming in, and that's the best part about it. And guys, I hope you do watch this movie. Um, like the captain said, it's probably on YouTube. Or some streaming uh, yeah, no, service. it's definitely it, on YouTube. I don't know any other streaming service it's on, but like I said, if you can find it, it's if it's not if it's not free, you can find it at a at a very very cheap price. Uh, I have one question to leave you with, and one question only. Okay. Did John know Will was his son all along? Yes. You think so? Yes. I think he did. I think the moment he knew, I mean, obviously when he invited them, and plus when he when he when well, he questioned they, they, they're them, that, colleagues. That whole, they're colleagues. Whole... They've known each other forever because yeah. of, of the time that they've worked at the school. So they're colleagues. They're not strangers. This isn't the first time they've met. So did he know when he first met him at at the college? I mean, different name. It's a different last name. He did make the comment, you know, he'll, you're, you're, but the way your mom, he your mom spoke remarried. to him and, and that speech when he was doubting him and he brought up all these facts, it's like, you know what? He like he's not his father. He's not. He's going to die like his wife died. He's going to age, but he still had that same intelligence his father had not quite to his level, but it was there. 
And I was like, why is he speaking to me? Like everybody else spoke to him in a different way, almost out of like fear, like this guy's insane. But well, this no, no, guy, oh, no, I'm he, saying he challenged him. So it was well, like, well, okay. Will, no, Will, Will is a son. John, I'm saying, did John know that Will was a son? Not Will. Did I'm not saying that did, did Will know that John was his dad? Did John know that that was his son? Because obviously he didn't at that moment when he was like, when he was finally realizing it. He's like, oh wait, your name is this. Did they? Ch- your mother changed it. Did you reach? Did she remarry? So at that moment, did he know? I don't think he knew. I don't because he's like, oh wait, you you have a different last name. Hmm. But like I said, lots of questions you could bring out. It just it's a it's a it's a thinker. That's what I'll say. I mean, I, this is definitely one of those ones I could do a rewatch to maybe like Midnight Movies Part Two with somebody else oh. with us next time. But um, you definitely got the movie. You can, you can definitely watch it. Yeah. And sorry, guys, we didn't talk a lot because there there are moments in this yeah, film yeah. you just you just get encompassed in what's going on. So well, pretty much. So I guess we should say our goodbyes. Yes, um, Cap, you go first. Well, make sure you guys do check us out on HeroesAsylum.com where you can find links to us and the Heroes Asylum podcast and you can watch us live every sunday evening when we do this our, our here's asylum show and then catch us on our podcast channel and you can find us anywhere on those anywhere oh, itunes stitchers spotify wherever you want and then of course our social media twitter oh, at the heroes asylum underscore podcast instagram at the heroes asylum guys check it out as the captain says well i'll just say to you guys get to the asylum